Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And uh, sorry for this one. <laughs> yeah. We got a clunker this week. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Dad Nap this week. Yikes. <laughs> Came out February 16th, 2009. It was the first of 2009. Uh, yeah, yikes. I wonder if they were, like, putting all their attention onto Princess Protection Program and the Wizards movie, and that's um, why we got this, and next week is Hatching Pete. Yeah. They, <laughs> I... So. I think they were trying to give, like, the kind of co-stars of their big shows something, and I just don't think they hit the mark. Yeah, I also wonder if because Camp Rock and High School Musical have a majority female audience that they're like trying to make something for boys oh because boys only care about comic books and basketball yeah <laughs> and basketball's <laughs> not in this movie but <laughs> well that's the next one <laughs> yeah, yeah it didn't work out <laughs> no um yeah this we've got like a star-studded disney cast um we have emily osmond and what I believe, a haircut that they were trying to, like, separate her from Lily from Hannah Montana, it did not suit her well. I mean, I thought it was fine, but, okay, I have to talk about this. I loved Emily Osment. I've talked about how back my childhood self was trying to be realistic about my crushes. <laughs> the same thing about, like, who my favorite was, because I wanted to be different than everyone else. So I didn't want Miley Cyrus to be my favorite. I was like, I love Emily Osment. She's underrated. Nobody <laughs> understands Emily Osment. I love her. I was not. I loved Miley. <laughs> I mean, I loved Miley, too, but I was like, I love Emily Osment because I'm different and cool. Um, so I literally had, like, posters of Emily Osment on my wall. Like, I had other people, too, but I was like, Emily Osment. Um, so yeah, I was really excited for this whenever it came out, because I was like, oh my god, she's gonna be a star, she's gonna shine. She's gonna be a star. No, no, this is what I got. They did her dirty. Yeah, exactly, she deserved better, and then, and then she was in Cyberbully 2, which, She deserved better. Lily Trushcott should not have been her peak. I'm so sorry, Emily Osment. I don't think it was. She had some other... Well, I never watched Young and Hungry, so I, didn't I don't know either. if that was any good. <laughs> I didn't either. I don't know if that was any good, but... My sister recommended it to me. I did not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really liked Emily Osment. Um, I was going to mention that she... Whenever, so, like I said, loved her. She and Mitchell Musso, you've talked about this before, sang on Disney Mania, I think six it was. They sang, I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you, which Elizabeth hates because grammatically it doesn't make sense. But (laughs) I really liked it because I was like, oh my god, Emily Osment's singing. She sings a song for this movie, though, at the very beginning, and then they play it again towards the end, and it's, ooh, they did not help her in the studio. This song randomly gets stuck in my head, like, more often than it should, even before... The start of it, listen, I don't know anything about music, but the start of it is, like, so piercing your ears, not in a good way. (laughs) I don't know why they didn't help her there, but she does sing I Don't Think About It from The the Haunting Hour, R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour, which was very fun. It also had Luke Vinward, if I'm not misremembering. But yeah, that was really catchy. Um, Okay, yeah, sorry, that's all I had about Emily Osment. I just wanted to... Go over. She was a fave of mine back in the day, because I thought um, I was quirky and cool. Yeah, we touched on a lot of things she was in. Um, she was in Touched by an Angel. Oh my god, of was. course. <laughs> um, and she was the iconic Gertie Giggles yeah. from Spy Kids 2 and 3. Yeah. 
<laughs> with the flying pigtails. I don't think we've mentioned this on the podcast. One time, Elizabeth, I came home, Elizabeth was watching Spy Kids 1, and then she <laughs> proceeded to just put on two, and I think three, two, after no, that. No, it was just one and two. Okay, it was just They're one and two. They're good movies! Well, yeah, but, like, you, there was no reason. I just I came just home and you were watching kids. it. <laughs> I mean, I sat down and watched them with you. I had nothing better to do, so. They're good movies! <laughs> One time Kelly thought that Shooty Cortez's name was Hootie. She Listen. goes, she goes, we were talking about something. I was like, oh, Spy Kids. And she goes, like, Hootie Cortez? There was a kid <laughs> who pronounced their name like that who I worked with. Hootie, Junie Cortez is now married to Megan Schrader. So good for him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we talked about everything else. She was in The Haunting Hour, Hannah Montana, Cyberbully, which. I'm gonna admit, I never saw, but I feel like I did. <laughs> um, I think I watched part of it, and I think I just stopped watching it, because I was like, nah. Yeah. It's supposed to be, it was an ABC Family original movie. Yeah. It's supposed to be like, don't set your bully. I think you it was supposed to be like a dramatic after-school special, like, better than that, <laughs> but it wasn't. I don't know. Um, she was in Young and Hungry, which I did not watch. She had a guest role in the TV show Mom, which I've seen all of. Um, she played a, uh, young addict that Bonnie and Christy take under their wing. She's really good. That's good. <laughs> like I said, she deserves more. Um, she releases music every now and then, and she's the sister of Mr. Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> yeah. I knew Emily Osment more than I knew him, and I still feel proud of that. Good for her. My parents used to watch the Jeff Foxworthy show, and he was on that, so that's how I knew him mostly. I just know The Sixth Sense and yeah. Secondhand Lions. I did, I've never seen The Sixth Sense, but again, my dad once explained to me the entire movie, so I feel like I have, <laughs> <laughs> including the plot twist. Um, next we have Mr. David Henry, who is Justin Russo from Wizards of Waverly Place. Um, he was in Judging Amy. Check that off the list. Oh my god. Um, he played... Uh, Ted Mosby's son in How I Met Your Mother. Uh, so every time you see that, like, used footage of the kid sitting on the couch, <laughs> that's him. Um, and he played one of Corey's friends in That's So Raven in Corey and the Boys. He was one of the boys. Yeah. And their hit smash, Feeling the Love. I think he was one of the ones who was very afraid of the juicer. The juicer was gonna juice oh. his head. That was in, uh, Corey... Oh, did I say Cory in the house? I meant that's a he was in That's a Raven. The yeah. juicer was in Cory in the house, I think. The juicer was in That's a Raven. Oh. I don't remember. Yeah. Um now he's married with two kids. Um, I wanted to talk about David Henry being unhinged a few years ago, because he was. Um, in 2018, he got arrested for bringing a loaded gun to the oh, airport. Yeah. I think he's, like, a major conservative. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a problem. And then he, so he got arrested, he, like, got out on bail or whatever, and then his only apology, apology was just like, oh, this is embarrassing for me, I just forgot that it was there. It's a, legally, a it's a legally owned gun, a legally owned loaded gun that you brought to the airport, and, like, I just want to bring this up because, like, no one talks about it. And also, like, because he's a white man, he got away with bringing right. a gun to the airport and was not, like, killed uh, on the right. spot or something. 
like, that's fucked up. And why, like, you don't just forget that you have a gun when you're going to the airport, going through right. TSA. I hate Especially, flying. like, he's, like, what, in his, like, late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Like, he's been alive for most of post-9-11. Yeah, and the other, like. Or, like, that's, his lifetime is mostly post-9-11. Like, I know that I'm an anxious person, but I hate airports not for flying, but because going through security, like, I'm not trying to get anything sketchy through and I'm still afraid I'm gonna do something wrong. So you don't just forget that you have a loaded gun on your person and go to the airport. The first plane flight I went on, well, it was technically the second because I was coming home, I got randomly selected by TSA for a full body pat down. If I wasn't three Xanax deep, I would have been bawling. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, they went through you like, don't... my overstuffed suitcase because I brought back a bunch of souvenirs. It was probably because I made the lady in France mad because I couldn't understand her. I'm very sorry. I could not understand her friend's accent. She kept asking me if my final destination was St. Louis, and I could not understand her. She asked me, like, 30 times. I felt so bad. I feel like she was like, well, I'm going to mark her as sketchy. <laughs> and that's why that happened to me. Yeah, but you didn't have a loaded gun. No, I'm also white, so I got through pretty easily. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just feel like people need to talk about this more, because, like, I remember seeing that, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then people are still like, oh, like, a Wizards of Waverly Place reboot. And, like, of course he's on board because, like, he doesn't have anything better to do. Um, he, I feel like he's, like, some sort of minister because a few years ago, one of the high schools in our area, uh, like, we, St. Louis is very known for its, uh, private Catholic, Catholic. schools. Mm -hmm. And one of the all-girls schools had him come and talk. I think about, like, saving yourself for marriage. Probably. The only thing I remember is, like, I was looking through, like, the tweets, and someone was like, David Henry just told us we were all princesses. I think that he might be Catholic, because I know one of our friends one time texted our group chat yeah, and was like, I saw him at mass. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. in just, like, a, I think it was, like, the old cathedral, too. Yeah, <laughs> so. For some reason. Yeah, I mean, I guess the loaded gun thing checks out, but, like, sketchy as yes. hell. Um... Next, we have Jason Earls, who is Jackson from Hannah, Montana. He was in a few episodes of Phil of the Future, and then he went on to be in Kickin' It, which was past our time. Um, we have Moises Arias, who was Rico in Hannah, Montana. I referred to him as Rico this whole time because I don't think they said his name. His name's Andre. Okay, well, I <laughs> did not say his name enough, so I just called him Rico the whole time. Um... He was also in an episode of I Was Zack and Cody, a few episodes of Wizards of Waverly Place. Um, he was in Nacho Libre, uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment movie, uh, Pitch Perfect 3, and The King of Staten Island. He was also in Kings of Summer, which is kind of similar to King of Staten Island. Not really, but I watched it. It was on a TikTok recommended movie list of like, if you like A24 movies, check out these. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a hoe for A24 movies. So I watched that. It was pretty good. We watched King of Satin Island back. Yeah, he played one of Pete Davidson's drug friends. <laughs> <laughs> I know that he is, like, older now, but he's still so small that I think he's young. Um, Jonathan Keltz uh, was in the TV show Rain. He was also in Entourage, which if you were an adult in, like, your 40s in the early 2010s, you made jokes about Entourage. Uh, he was also in a few episodes of Degrassi. Yeah, I didn't recognize him from anything. He played Trip. Um, Denzel Whitaker, who plays Sheldon. He was in Black Panther. He played James slash Young Zuri. I don't remember who that is. I've only seen Black Panther Me once. Me either. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, then we have Mr. Mosby. 
Or the Sixth of Zack and Cody. Classic. He's one of those people who's been in, like, one episode of everything, like, every sitcom that's ever existed. Um, you might remember him from the Heathers movie. He played one of the classmates. Uh, he was in a few episodes of A Different World. Um, he played Ray's campaign manager in Sister Sister. He played Lizzie's principal in Lizzie McGuire. He was in an episode of Friends. I think he worked at the ad agency that Chandler was trying to get a job at uh, later in the series. He was one of the soccer parents in Kicking and Screaming, the movie. Uh, he was in How I Met Your Mother and Scrubs. Um, and then we have George Newbern. And I saw this guy and I was like, he looks so familiar. Um, so apparently he was in Father of the Bride, which I've only seen like bits and pieces of, so I don't really remember. He was also in Scandal, which I also did not watch. Uh, he played the main character's dad in Buffalo Dreams, which I don't remember. I don't know why I didn't recognize him here. He was also in Touch by an Angel. <laughs> um, but he was, he played Danny in a couple episodes of Friends, and he was the one who dated Rachel, and he had the inappropriate sister. So, there's an episode where Rachel was dating this guy, and he, like, lived with his sister, and they would have, like, tickle fights, and they, like, took a bath together, and Rachel's like... Is that weird? <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> I think he looks like off-brand, um, what's his name? Paul, Paul, what's his name? Paul, Paul. Rudd. Mm, he looks I like off-brand Paul Rudd see to that. Me. Um, okay, that's all I have for people. Yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, okay, so we open on... The Emily Osment song. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, like so high. And, yeah, it's yeah. I don't think it's her natural voice. No, it's not. <laughs> well, and whenever she gets like to a different key later in the song, it sounds good. But what they started out with was not. Um. Yeah, we get like sort of a montage of like family photos on the wall and these trip Zoom books. I want to point out that trip Zoom is spelled with two P's and an E at the end of Zoom. Um. There's a girl packing. Did you notice? On her dresser, there's a blow-up doll of the screen painting. No. Like, the guy from the screen painting, there's just a blow-up doll of him sitting there. Because she's artsy, I guess. I guess. Um, her name's Melissa, yeah. She's packing a suitcase, and she ends up looking at this picture of her and her mom and her dad. And then we see this, like, boy, like, flash in there. She, like, we learn later that it's Trip Zoom. Him yeah. But... Gets annoyed. Yeah. And rolls her eyes. Like, ugh. Um, so then we cut to class, and this boy goes up to give a book report. I use book report in quotes, because, um, Melissa rolls her eyes when he says he's gonna give a book report on the new Trip Zoom book. Uh, his father works at a place where he was able to get an early edition, because this book isn't released until tomorrow. The whole class, including the teacher, is excited. Um, so this guy just spoils the entire book. In his book report. <laughs> well, yeah, he, well, he gives, like, a synopsis of, like, one scene. Yeah, it's so weird to, like, can you imagine, like, someone going up to class to, like, give a book report on Harry Potter, and they're like, we open on the ruthless Voldemort, who has captured Harry's trusted friends, Ron and Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we sort of, like, see what he's narrating, and it's just, like, this action sequence of a teen secret agent saving this girl. And at the end of this scene, the entire class applauds. And the teacher's like, that was a great analysis on what I'm sure will be a modern piece of classical literature. I don't know where this teacher came from. <laughs> Has the people who wrote DCOMs ever had an English teacher? Have they ever been to English class before? First, like, first of all, he just described the scene. It's not analysis. 
Well, yeah, and English teachers are like the classics, Fitzgerald. And these, like, trip Zoom books are, like, the equivalent to Captain Underpants for me. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, they're, like, children's books. Again, yeah, like we said like, with Read It and Weep, this would not be for high school students. Yeah, this, like, secret agent, he uses, like, dental floss to capture bad guys and creates gadgets that just, like, spray food in their faces. Yeah. And it's supposed to be amazing, and everyone loves it, including this English teacher. Yeah, who's also like, and everyone, Neil Morris's daughter, Melissa, is in this class. Everyone yeah. stare at her. <laughs> Why? What? Yeah, Neil Morris is the author of these books. Yeah. Uh, and they all yell, trip rules. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Melissa obviously does not like the books or, like, this attention and everything that's going on. I feel like these books are only popular because Neil Morris is a hometown hero. And so, because he's from this town that they all live in, they're all like, yeah! And it's they're not popular anywhere else. I don't know. He has enough to have a convention. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so, Melissa turns around, and there's a giant poster of Trip Zoom in her school. And she talks to it, and she's just like, I hate you. Yeah, she talks to Trip Zoom a lot. I think she needs some psychological help, maybe. Yeah, it's very some much therapy. the equivalent of, like, uh, what's her name? Jamie talking to Iz from her own book. But that's like she's talking to herself. This is talking to a fictional character. And, but, like, technically, Trip is Melissa. <laughs> I think Dad made that shit up. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but yeah. I, well, I'm saying, like, in this context, because obviously, like, Trip only lives in Melissa's mind, so everything he's saying is just a reflection of her. But she process. says this stuff out loud, because people are yeah, like, what? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so did Jamie, though. <laughs> yeah. At home, uh, we learn that Melissa is going on a camping trip tomorrow with Dad, and Mom is like, I'm okay with this, but I know that, like, I don't know, she just seems a little worried about it. Um, we learn that Mom and Dad are divorced, it's and- yeah, it's fine. Uh, Dad shows up. Uh, the next Mom day. answers the door. The next day. Yeah, and they're just, like, talking a little bit. He, he brought has, his uh, own trip Zoom cardboard cutout. Yeah. Um, and Mom says that he needs to focus on Melissa. Like, she's really excited about this, and he needs to, like, make sure that he makes it up to her. And so Melissa comes down and hugs her dad, and she's very excited to go on vacation. They're going camping. Yeah. And so uh, Melissa says that she wasn't sure if Dad would pull through, but this, wait, this is, um, Dad says, he's like, oh, like, I'm all yours this weekend, this is still in the house, and Melissa imagines Tripp saying, like, yeah, right, like, he's not all yours. Mm -hmm. So then they're driving down, like, the open California road in a convertible with absolutely no wind. They're just sitting there, Melissa's hair is just, like, sitting right on her shoulders. <laughs> they're not, like, the wind isn't just, like, blowing completely in their face. I mean, this movie looks like it was shot on my, like, DSLR like, it's good quality, but it's not good movie quality. <laughs> yeah, so just they're just, like, casually talking in the car without the sound of wind, like, distracting or being super loud in their ears. Because they're just like, I wasn't sure you would come through. Instead of, like, I wasn't sure you would come through! <laughs> well, I don't think they wanted to scream on this movie for Well, why children. did they give them a convertible? Because <laughs> he's cool. He's dad. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, Melissa says that she wasn't sure if Dad was gonna, like, show up and, like, pull through, and she's, like, happy that he did, and Dad's like, oh, well, we are gonna go camping, but first we have to stop at a convention for me and my books. Yeah, Melissa is upset, but Dad promises that all he has to do is judge a contest, and then they'll be out back on the road. Yeah, he guilts her into saying, like, okay. 
Yeah, so they arrive in this small town called Mercury. Melissa is just not impressed, not happy. They enter the hotel full of people in costumes. Um, you can tell that Dad is, like, very excited to be there, but Melissa is not. The yeah. front desk worker named Merv, Jason Earls, greets Dad, and Rico is <laughs> watching this interaction from behind a book, like, sitting on a couch in the lobby. Yeah, he's, like, listening to what's going on. Uh, we also see this other kid, Sheldon, call his friend Weeze, who is David Henry, and he says, the package has arrived, as he's, like, looking over at Dad. So, hmm, what are they yeah. planning? What's going on? We lear- we sort of learned that Weeze and Sheldon have a plan to win this contest that Dad mentioned, but we don't know how, or we don't know why they're being, like, super secretive. Yeah, so Dad goes up, and he's, like, talking to various people at the convention. Um, Merv, I just want to say first, this is, this will come back later, Merv gives Melissa and Dad the key to the presidential suite. Yeah, which is just, like, a regular room. It's not, like, nicer than anything else. Yeah, so down on the floor, that's when Dad's talking to fans. He signs a book for a man named Skunk, and Skunk excitedly shows uh, Maurice, uh, who's Mr. Mosby. They're both, like, the oldest people at this convention. Yeah. Who says, he's like, that's not what we're here for. Like, remember the plan. So they have a plan, too. We just don't know what it is. Um, I'd like to say DCOMs need to stop naming so many main characters with the same letter. <laughs> it makes it very difficult for these notes I have to take. Yeah, Yeah. Melissa is sitting in a chair, like, writing in her journal, um, and she learns that the contest is to prove who knows the most about Trip Zoom, and the winner will become a character in in Dad's next book and be able to read it before it's published. Yeah, so back in their room that night, Melissa suggests dinner at this, like, specific place, and Dad says that, or Dad, like, I don't know, he finds a way to make it about him, like he always does, like him and his books. Oh, this restaurant, that's a good idea for my next book. Yeah, and so Dad promises that he'll pick the winner early tomorrow and they'll be on the road by noon. Because he promised, like, only one night in the hotel. Yeah, Melissa is, like, you, uh, you can tell that, like, Melissa was annoyed by this book suggestion that he says. And Melissa's like, you act like Trip Zoom is real. And Dad's like, well, he has to be real to me. And she just says, forget it. Uh, so we don't, like, exactly, we sort of, like, see, um, that dad focuses more on trip than melissa but we don't really like get into it yet it's just sort of like hinted um yeah and that's when dad's like okay like we'll be on the road by noon yeah Um, so but the uh, next day dad's like on stage he's like all these fans are like trying to prove they know the most about trip zoom or whatever it's a thing like in the book to prove that you're zoom enough yeah, and so he's, like, announcing to the cheering fans that he's not going anywhere. And then it's he makes... 15 p.m. Yeah, he makes eye contact with Melissa, who, like, looks disappointed and then goes to leave. But she bumps into Wheeze, and they flirt over this movie's version of Scrabble. Yeah, Word, Word Wham. Wham. She calls um, him a Nimrod, so... He, and then he's like, oh, that's immature. Like, I would never call someone a Nimrod. I feel like that's, like, a nerdy thing to call someone. Again, I feel like... I feel like this is, like, sort of the start of Disney Channel, like, devaluing the intelligence of children. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the further we go, the less smart the... I mean, like, obviously, like, they're not, like, great movies. Well, I think part of it, too, is that they knew their audience was getting younger. Yeah. Like, people didn't watch Disney Channel for as long. Yeah, well, because, like, even, like, with Lizzie McGuire, I feel like even, like, early teenagers yeah. watch Lizzie McGuire and that's a raven. But, like, the further along we get with Disney Channel, it's... Like, the programming just got younger, like, 10 and under, like, I feel like 10 might even be pushing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my, like, seven-year-old nephew loves Bunked on Disney Channel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so they, like, talk a little, flirt a little, blah, blah, and she's like, okay, bye. Um, After that, Andre approaches, and we learn Andre is Weez's little brother, 
apparently. Um, and he asked her if he got his got the girl's number, but Weez says no. Yeah, and he's then, like, I'm gonna go wait in the van. Yeah. So Sheldon, Andre, and Weez are like communicating through walkie talkies during this contest, and they like begin their plan. Mm-hmm. So from outside, Sheldon has this giant contract contraption that juices onions and then like turns them into vapor and that vapor comes in through the vents of the convention hall to make everyone cry and cough um melissa is on the phone with i thought it was her mom but then she said deb so yeah <laughs> and apparently this is played by jennifer stone just Harper, this voice from Wizards of yeah. Place. yeah i don't know why she wasn't calling her mom yeah because she's like he did it again didn't he so like we know that like dad has done this before yeah well, and this comes after, but I'm just going to finish this call scene because it's not that important. And then she's like, oh, well, t- tell your dad I said hi, by the way. Well, she's like, what did you expect? Like, your dad always does this. And then she's like, okay, tell your dad I said hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, her friend isn't even a real friend. She's just, like, I friends with know. her because her dad writes these books. Oh, I thought it was sarcastic. It didn't sound like it. Oh, I got. I thought it was sarcastic. She's like, mm, well, tell your dad. Zoom enough. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, in the convention hall, everyone's, like, getting up to leave, but we see, but Maurice and Skunk see Andre, like, pull Dad away through this back door, and they're yeah. like, well, wait, he's, he's getting away with our guy, where's he going? Um, so, Melissa sees everyone, like, rush out of the building, um, Andre takes Dad out the back door, and he sees that they use this, inv- this contraption, this invention that they did was, like, featured in a trip Zoom book. Um, so, Weez pulls up in this... Trip Zoom branded van with sirens on top, and they shove him inside and they trap him with floss because again that's a thing that they do in the book and apparently you can't break free of floss. Is it that strong? I mean they they did a lot of rounds, but I I don't know. Um yeah, Maurice and Skunk see them get away in the van. Melissa is trying to search for her dad in the crowd, but he's obviously not there. And so Melissa sees Maurice and Skunk go to this uniform service truck to steal. Uh, Melissa asks Merv to see the security security footage from outside, so they go inside and they watch Dad get stuffed inside this van, and they realize that just, like, a bunch of fans took him. Yeah. Um, Melissa calls the sheriff, but he thinks that she's just, like, another crazy fan trying to play secret agent, so he ignores her, and he's like, oh, but you also have to wait 48 hours to report a missing person. Mm-hmm. Um, so Melissa imagines Trip Zoom telling her that she gets a chance to be him, and she's not taking it. Like, you can be a super cool secret agent. Save your dad. Melissa's just like, I hate you. But Trip is like, well, you're not Zoom enough to get dad back. And she's like, it's the real world, and I can't. I'm not a secret agent. And Trip is like, well, that's why dad writes about me and not you. And we can tell that this is Melissa's subconscious hitting a nerve with herself. <laughs> yeah, so we see Wee's, uh Sheldon, and Andre are driving with dad. And uh, we also see that Skunk and Maurice are, like, close behind them, following them in this uniform van. So the dudes, that's what I start referring to them as, pull over and they let Dad go. They're telling him, like, oh, like, this is what we did. And look, we can do all these things from the books. Like, look how cool we are. Dad's impressed. Yeah. Um, But then Dad's like, hey, let me go. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, so at this point is when Melissa decides to call Dad's cell phone. Not before she called the police. Not like, hey, where's my dad? Oh, maybe I should call him and figure out where he is. This point! <laughs> yeah. Um, so Weez answers, and she t- and he tells Melissa that once Dad agrees to their demand, he's free. 
We don't know what this demand is yet. But Melissa recognizes his voice. She's like, you're the Scrabble guy. Um, and that's when she hears a worker in the background asks, ask for pine or lilac before he hangs up. And she thinks, pine or lilac? They must be at a car wash! She's <laughs> smart. She's putting things together. That doesn't make any sense! <laughs> She's put it together. So, uh, yeah. So uh, she asks Merv if there's a car wash in town, and then, uh, Merv ends up driving her to the car wash. It's literally the exact same car that... Melissa's dad has. At first I was like, how did they get the keys? But apparently it's Merv's car. But I think they just reused the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so... they pull up to the car wash and Weeze and Sheldon see them. So Merv and Melissa get out of the car and the gang... I, I call them the gang. Yeah. <laughs> they, the three of them push it into the car wash. I guess they also paid for the car wash to happen because as Melissa tries to jump in and stop it, the car wash is, like, going... Also, so, your car has to be, like, in neutral for that to happen, yeah. and it was in park. I mean, I guess they moved it whenever, I guess, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, both of them, both Merv and Melissa are, like, on the car, like, trying to stop it. As they, like, go through the thing. And it's That's so funny. Because so they come out covered in bubbles. Uh-huh. Uh, but Melissa sees that it's Word Wham is their version of Scrabble, mm-hmm. uh, library book on the ground that, and it's due today. These bad kids wouldn't have an overdue library yeah, book. Yeah, these kids who kidnapped an adult would not have an overdue library so she's book. like, hmm, they must be going to the library. Yeah, so in uh, the car, Dad sees that their book is also due today, and so he explains, it's a, like. It's a different book. Yeah, it's a different book they have. But he's like, oh, this is due today. And they're like, so? He's like, you're gonna get a fine if you don't return it today. And yeah, they're like. like what explain how libraries work yeah apparently these teens who were smart enough to steal a man (laughs) don't understand how the library works yeah they don't know you have to pay late fees so they freak out and put on the sirens that are on the top of their van i'm pretty sure that's illegal that is illegal um and book it to the library so maurice and skunk who have been following like everyone the whole time follow merv and melissa to the library um as the kids and the dad first pull in Dad asks to be let go, and they're like, okay, we'll let you go if you show us how to make this invention from your book. I don't understand why they couldn't just ask. And also, like, Dad wouldn't know how to make all of these inventions. It's not like he tried everything out before he put it in the book. Right. But, like, it's very clear that Dad is, like, walking around on the convention floor, like, saying hi to fans. They could literally just go up to him and be like, how do you do this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Melissa so, goes into the library as that is like helping them make this thing, and then uh, Maurice and Skunk arrive and they put on fake police uniforms. Because they, they're in a uniform cleaning truck. Yeah, so they're waiting outside, and Melissa goes inside. She like sees Dad, and Dad like puts this book on the shelf, and they're all like, "Oh, whoever opens this next is gonna get it!" Ha ha ha! So they like go and hide. So Melissa goes to grab the book. She opens it and gets like slime on her face. Haha, ha, they all laugh. Yeah, and they all laugh. Hilarious. And Dad's like, oh, like, we're having a great time, Melissa. This is Sheldon, Weez, and Andre. And Melissa's, like, freaking out. She's like, what is going on? So Weez tells her to calm down. And Melissa's just like, no, we're leaving. And storms out. And well, Dad and they're like, her. we were having a good time with Dad. But Melissa's like, I'm supposed to be spending time with my dad. <laughs> Um, yeah, outside, Dad tells Melissa that, like, it's no big deal, but Melissa's like, I've been looking forward to spending time, like, just the two of us for a very long, like, since the beginning of the school year. Well, and she's like, and I was afraid that you were gonna, like, prove, like, prove my worth 
worst fears right, and you did it again, because, she's like, like... Yeah, she's, like, trip ruins everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when Maurice and Skunk run up in cop uniforms and finger guns. Um, Dadam is immediately like, you're not cops, I recognize you as fans from the convention. Um, so Skunk is, like, about to cuff Dad, but Melissa takes the other cuff and cuffs Dad to her instead, and so they all just, like, kind of stand there while Skunk and Maurice take their scal- take their cell phones, even though, like, they had so many opportunities to just run away. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. They shove them into the uniform van and they drive off. Yeah, we, Sheldon, and Andre watch this happen and they're like, we have to follow them and help them because we're friends now. Even though we just kidnapped him, somebody else is kidnapping him. Yeah. It's, it's so illegal. Yeah. Um, Sheldon calls the police from the van, and again, they just think it's another prank from fans, and so the three of them decide to take responsibility upon themselves to save Melissa and her dad. Yeah, Uh, so they arrive at this, like, old abandoned place somewhere in this town. Everyone in the uniform truck. Yeah. I thought it was just, like, an abandoned rest stop. (laughs) Yeah. So they go inside, and, uh, Melissa and dad are, like, sitting there. Melissa's like, can you just tell us, like, why we're here, like, what you want? And, um, that's whenever Maurice gives them this book that Skunk wrote, and they're like, we need you to help finish this book that Skunk wrote, because he's gonna be a famous author, and we need your help, and you can't leave until you finish it. So fucking stupid. Yeah. That is the reason why they kidnapped Dad, so he can edit this guy's book. Also, he could just be like, this is the best book I've ever read. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he doesn't need to fix it. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, they won't leave, and they can't leave until Dad fixes the book. So, Dad starts reading it, and it's really bad. Yeah, Dad's like, this is gonna take forever to finish, but Melissa gives him a pep talk, and she says, just because, um, I don't love Trip Zoom doesn't mean I haven't read it, and I don't know what it's like, because she, like, references, she's like, this is, like, issue, blah, 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 when Trip Zoom, blah, 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 and Dad's like, oh, she knows Trip Zoom. And so, then Melissa's like, we should attempt to escape because, uh, Skunk and Maurice are outside, like, watching a movie. But Dad's like, no, that's just silly. It could be dangerous. And then Melissa's like, then she makes it about Trip Zoom. She's like, oh, I'm not as good as Trip Zoom, so I couldn't get, a, get yeah, us out like, of the situation. Yeah, she's like, when it's my idea, it's silly. But when Trip Zoom, as super secret, fake secret agent does it, it's not silly. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, Dad, you care more about Trip Zoom than you do about your own daughter. And Dad denies it. But then Melissa's like, how come uh, I'm not in your book? Okay, no, she's literally like, how come you've never written about me? And Dad goes, book characters are dynamic, larger than life, capable of the extraordinary. She fucking thanks, Dad! Well, but then she's also like, hey, how come you've never been to any of my recitals? You don't know that I won two creative writing awards? You're yeah. never in my life. And he's, and he's like, like, well, Trip is fluent in 17 languages, and he has four degrees. Yeah, but he doesn't explain why he's a shitty dad. Yeah. <laughs> Outside, we see that the gang is there, and they're trying to figure out what to do to, like, help them out. So they play the siren on their car, and that is whenever Maurice and Skunk scramble to get Melissa and dad and get them in the van. So they get them in the van and then the gang watches them drive off and like follows them. Skunk asks about his book and dad is like trying to be gentle about it but Melissa's just like it sucks like you have a lot that you need to do to fix it. So Maurice is like we'll fix the book now. Yeah Melissa starts like explaining all these 
problems and like the structure and the dialogue and you can tell that dad is impressed like hmm she really knows her stuff wow <laughs> yeah, yeah so maurice is telling them to finish in the car and then uh the gang is like following behind them they're like kind of trailing Not very them far away yeah like, they God, don't know how to do this <laughs> yeah and so maurice realizes that they're being followed so he like tries to lose them by like driving into this like like sandy little desert area and they keep following until uh skunk is like throwing clothes at them from the back of the van and then he throws a fucking clothes rack and they end up running over it and they get stuck in the dirt it doesn't even like pop their tire it was at this point where i asked myself where are their parents (laughs) i nothing in this makes sense at all nothing where why are these children what did they tell their parents well, it was at this point that I realized this convention is worse than TanaCon. <laughs> like, imagine if Tana got kidnapped from TanaCon. That would have been wild. <laughs> well, at least this convention was, like, up and running until this happened. <laughs> but the the reason this convention happened got kidnapped. Where's the security? Well, he was only going to be there to judge a contest. He wasn't going to be there the whole time. You still need security if they're going to be crazed fans. I don't know. It's a tiny town. Anyway. You should have thought about this. Um, Maurice realizes that their uniform truck is low on gas. And so Melissa's like, well, whenever we go to the gas station, I need to use the bathroom. Well, yeah, that's another thing. Like, they gave them some food. But, like, yeah, she has to pee. <laughs> um, so they get to the gas station. Skunk uncuffs her and follows her to the gas station bathroom and waits outside the door. He has this, like, weird moment where he's like, you don't like me very much. And she's like, you're literally kidnapping me. And he's it's like, I'm weird. not a bad guy. Skunk is supposed to be, like, the comedic relief, but he's he's just, like, this weird man-child. Yeah, it's not funny. But Melissa goes in the bathroom, and she's trying to figure out, like, what she's going to do to leave the guys a hint. Because she knows that they're, like, following along. And so yeah. she's, like, looking around. She has a trip Zoom book in her pocket and so she, like, pulls out a page and circles the word presidential with lip gloss and leaves it there. Yeah, um, she has, like, this weird conversation with Trip. It's pointless. Yeah. Um, and so whenever Melissa exits the bathroom, she has this toilet paper attached to her foot. And then instead of just, like, I don't know, stepping on it, she uses, she, uh, uh, drops her jacket on the ground and it breaks the toilet paper trail off her foot. That leads to the bathroom that no one notices. Um, so the truck leaves again, and that's when we see, like, the kids just, like, walking aimlessly in the desert on the side of the road. Well, yeah, they got there pretty fucking quick, but then later on, yeah, anyway. So they get there, and they're like, they must have been here. Where could they have gone? Yeah, so they see the toilet paper trail and go to the bathroom, (laughs) and then they see the piece of paper that Melissa left, and Andre was like, they got the keys to the presidential suite. That's where they're going. Yeah. Which is why I didn't mention that before. Um, in the truck, Melissa tries to convince Maurice and Skunk that Dad needs a place, like, a real place to write. He can't do any real work here, like, back at the hotel. And Maurice is like, you're right. Um, so the truck arrives back at the hotel, and that's where we learn that Merv is actually running this whole operation. Oh, no, they thought he was a good guy. Uh, Melissa and Dad get taken to Merv's room, which is, like, bigger than the entire hotel itself. Yeah, it's like the penthouse, I guess. Um, apparently he lives in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa's handcuffed to a chair and Dad is duct taped to a desk. Uh, Melissa asks Skunk, like, why are they working for him? And Skunk says that Merv is going to get his book published. Um, so the kids end up getting a ride with a pizza guy somehow, I don't know how, back to the hotel. 
Um, but this takes them all night. They don't get yeah. there until the morning. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense because it only took them like 20 minutes in the truck. Yeah, to exactly. Get there. Um, Melissa, maybe they had to make pizza deliveries all throughout the night. I guess. Uh, Melissa, back at the hotel, is giving dad edits um, and she notices. Oh, this is dumb. It doesn't make any sense. She notices, like, mock-up changes to the hotel to call it the Merv. That it's, like, Merv's dream to, like, own the, ho- own the hotel. It's never elaborated on. Yeah. Um, so the next day, uh, the boys finally arrive. Uh, At the okay. hotel. Yeah, Melissa is finishing the book while everyone in the room is asleep. Why doesn't she open a window and ask for help or do anything? Yeah. Like, it does not make any sense. They could have been scheming this whole time. Probably, like, broken open the door or something. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. Also, like, does the door lock from the outside? They could have just walked out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We see that the gang goes to the presidential suite, but they're not there. First of all, how did they get into the presidential suite without a key or a card or anything? They're like, well, what what would Melissa do? And they're like, a signal. That's from this book. She would do a signal. So we just have to wait for it. To let them know where they are. Yeah. So just like, I don't know, searching the rest of the hotel because you obviously have a master key. Yeah. So they go and they tell the entire convention that dad's in trouble and that they need to all help. So the Zoomers all prepare to save the author of their beloved book. Yeah. They have, like, balloons of slime. like, montage of all of them preparing for battle. By prefer- preparing for battle, yeah, it's just, like, water balloons of slime. Yeah. And so, um, Melissa explains the signal ideal to Dad as everyone else is, like, still busy doing whatever. And so Dad's like, I don't know, it seems kind of dangerous, which, like, it's not at all. It's a- no. Yeah. But- <laughs> There's only... Four adults in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, and then Melissa's like, I'm still figuring out the details. You could literally write help or anything. Yeah, and so during this conversation, Dad reveals that the whole time, Melissa is the inspiration for Trip Zoom. Well, yeah, because apparently she says a quote that Trip Zoom says, and Dad's like, You said that to me when you were eight, and all and she, Trip and Zoom has like, been inspired by you. Hmm, I don't remember that. I just want to say, it's been a day. For dad to come up with this excuse. Yeah. He could have said it immediately. No. Yeah. No. He's like, oh, you're Trip Zoom. Hmm. Sounds convenient. Yeah. Dad. And dad's like, you're the reason I write. Yeah. It doesn't, like, make up for you being a shitty dad either. Yeah. <laughs> it, He's like, that's, that's no reason for you to be completely absent and, like, never put your daughter's needs first. But apparently this fixes their entire relationship and everything's fine now. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Melissa then asks why Merv even cares about Skunk's book. And yes, this is well, whenever... Merv has entered at this point. He wasn't yeah, there before. This is when Merv reveals that the point was just to sell it as <laughs> Dad's writing. The last of Neil Morris's books. Yeah, so he was gonna... This whole scheme was to have Dad write a book and then sell it and then kill him so that it makes more money. So, like, why even involve Maurice and Skunk in this in the first place? Like, he did not need them. This whole movie is so pointless. I think he didn't want to be the only fall man. It doesn't make... Like... He could have just, like, locked them in the presidential suite. Like, it does not make any sense. Yeah, Dad says that he won't do it, but Merv says that he's gonna lock Melissa in the bathroom until yeah, he's he like, finishes the he's book. Like, you won't be able to see your daughter again. Lock her in the bathroom! So she's just gonna stay in the bathroom till he finishes the book? <laughs> and, and, the bathroom has a giant-ass window. Right. And <laughs> Melissa does fucking nothing at first. She, like, looks around, she's very stressed, and Dad's like, oh, I, I'm gonna save her, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Melissa sees the curtain and decides to write a big Z on it instead With, of, like, like, toiletries. Help or anything like that. Yeah, but and that's, she, that's the signal. Yeah, she puts it up in the window, and all the Zoomers start attacking. Again, these are all children. Where are their parents? There are adults there, too. 
Are there? I yes. Do not see any. There are adults. There's like grown ass forty year old people. But are they just fans of the book? Are they their parents? Both, probably. <laughs> um. So, yeah, the kids like crowd outside and start like blasting slime and food into the room that they're all in. There's I- a slightly open window, and apparently, it's a big problem. Yeah. So, so, Merv orders everyone to leave the room, but they get trapped outside by the children. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa <laughs> just runs away from Merv and Maurice and Skunk, which she, like, she literally could have done the entire movie. Yeah. She just takes off and runs. Yeah. Um, Weeze orders Kit, like, all the kids to, like, seal the streets. No one's getting in or out. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa uses, a, a trip trap, is what they call it, to make the stairs slippery, causing Maurice and Skunk to fall. And that's when Weeze and Andre arrive in the stairwell, and they tie Maurice and Skunk up with floss, because that's, like, Tripp's thing. Literally, his catchphrase is floss. Is floss. With an exclamation point. It doesn't make sense. Um, Merv, uh... Has dad. Yeah, he's trying to get dad to his car, but Sheldon sees them, and he's like, charge, kids! And the kids charge, and they They're surround. surrounded. Yeah, Melissa yeah. arrives, and she's like, it's over, Merv! And he tries to run away, but all the kids chase him. And somehow Maurice and Skunk got out of the stairwell. They're still tied up with floss, but they end up making, like, a, a line of floss for Merv to fall over. And that's when the cops finally arrive! Yeah, and everyone cheers. So, back at the convention, it's not over. It's, Even though yeah. Dad's been kidnapped twice, he doesn't think, maybe I should go home and be safe. Yeah, he's he, like, you're all gonna get a signed copy of my book for helping me today. For saving my life. That's yeah. what you get. And he's like, the winner of the contest is Weeze. I almost said Sheldon. <laughs> I don't know why I almost called him Squid. Yeah. Sheldon and Andre. And so Weeze gets up into the microphone and he goes, reading rocks, which I feel like was maybe the point of this whole movie no (laughs) trying to get kids to read i don't think so i don't know um dad calls melissa on stage because she's the whole inspiration she gets a standing ovation from all the fans yeah um the cops let maurice and skunk watch this from the back of the room yeah because they're getting arrested too um a fan asks outside like on the way to the car a fan asks dad to stay but he says no he's gotta spend time with his daughter and Louise gives Melissa his number to ask her out, and Melissa and Dad leave, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was pointless. It was so bad. There, there was not a point. I've definitely seen this movie, but, like, I didn't remember anything about it. And, like, obviously I didn't care as a child. It was just something to watch. Yeah, like I said, like, I liked Emily Osment, and I remember, like, watching this, and I think even then I couldn't, like, make myself lie and be like, oh, that was good. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't good. There's no point. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. Not good. I I have nothing more to say. Like, I, I don't have any analysis of this. Like, it just, it was pointless. What was the point? No, the entire movie was pointless. They were trying to, like, make, like, a fun, like, kidnapping movie. But, like, they put in adults and they tried to make things serious. But none of it ended up making sense. Yeah, and, like, kidnapping is not a fun children's movie topic. No. Also, like, these three children literally kidnapped their dad, and they ended up becoming friends with him, and they weren't arrested at all. Yeah. (laughs) It's just bad. Also, one of those kids was black. He definitely would have been arrested. This 
whole, I just, why did this exist? Why did Disney say, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's spend Again, money I making feel like, this. I feel like they were trying, because was this like whatever Disney XD became a thing? I don't which know. Which was Disney Channel's like extra channel that was sort of dedicated to like more boys content. Because, well, it was more like cartoons and stuff like that. Well, like it was cartoons. That's like where like Kicking It lived. They had like all these other shows that I feel like were more branded, to- like stereotypically, I say, like more like masculine, I want to say, because, like, during Disney Channel's golden age, I don't know many, like, straight boys who were like, oh, I love Disney Channel. (laughs) I feel like they watched it. They were just, toxic masculinity was just pushing it on them and making them feel like they couldn't say they liked it. Like, I don't know if my brother would have watched it on his own. Like, he had two older sisters, so he had to. I know the kids, I know the boys in my class watch Disney Channel. Well, I know they watch, like, Sweet of Zack and Cody. No, I know that the boys in my class watched, like, Hannah Montana, and, like, well, that's a three Raven. boys in your class. There were five back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> that's what I'm referring to. I don't think, I, I don't really know, but I feel like a lot of them, well, at least, like, they did not have, they didn't have, like, pictures of Hannah Montana on their desk like we did. Well, yeah, but they, like, if we had a conversation about Hannah Montana, which, of course, we did, they would join the conversation. They <laughs> oh, knew what that, we were talking about. That did not happen. With me, at least. I mean, the girls out were double the boys, more than double the boys later on. But, like, I don't know. I feel like they did. I don't know. I know, like, if my brother had the remote, he would watch, like, Ben 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This was not good. And, like, again, they tried to do, like, a comic thing. They did that with um, Life is Rough, which was also not good. But that was bad for different reasons. Life is Rough was better than this, but... Life is Rough was... It was it just followed a formula of, like, a big dog that causes problems. It's never good, but they do it all the time. I this just, was just, like, completely out of the blue. I, I don't know who came up with I this. I want to know who thought this was a good idea. Were they proud of it in the end? Like, I'm so sorry. What? <laughs> it's not good. It, it, it also it just bugs me so much. These are supposed to be such popular books, but they seem terrible. <laughs> it's just bad writing all around. Yeah, and the like, oh my god, like, this entire movie, we skipped over it a lot, this entire movie is like, oh, this trip trap invention to the, the tearjerker onion, I don't know what it's called, but, like, just so many, like, like, references that were clearly in the books that we never see, that we just assume, and, like, they're so bad and so annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I gave this a one out of five. I put it at number <laughs> 82. Uh, Ready to Run is above it. Hounded is below it. It's literally, I put this third to last. I gave this a one and a half out of five. Oh. (laughs) I gave it a half a point higher, because there are some movies where I'm like, I'd rather watch this than, I don't know, fucking Can of Worms. (laughs) I disagree. I'd rather watch Can of Worms. Uh, I put it at number 77, below Susie Q and above Stepsister from Planet Weird. Yeah, it wasn't good. Next week we have Hatching Pete, which also is not going to get any better. It's not good, but I think Hatching Pete is better than this. Hatching Pete is another one of those movies that follows, like, the same formula of, like, a character um, that sort of, like, brings a new liveliness to a community, but no one knows the identity of that character. It's the shy person. Um, (laughs) I still think it'll be better than this, so (laughs) hopefully that's it. Bye. Bye.